Hi, everybody, and welcome to the playoff edition of the Friendly Confines podcast. Alongside Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber. Chad, it's win or go home now for the Cubs as they enter the wild card game against the Colorado Rockies. How are you feeling about this one? You know what? I love the fact that this is the playoff edition of the Friendly Confines. It's our first one of the year, and I have uh, uh, expectations that this will not be the last, that we're going to see this right Cubs team. We're going to get into that. What I'm also excited about, and you're going to break this down a little bit more, our guest today, seventh inning special guest conductor, Chuck Kopik. Oh, my gosh, Ryan, such a great job on your part to, to line him up. Truly, one of if there was a Mount Rushmore of Chicago sports, um, Chet would be one of those faces. A hundred percent. Chet Kopik, who uh, the godfather of sports radio, has been in the Chicago market for years, has a new book that he's also uh, going to be talking about that he recently wrote about his time and life as a sportscaster. Uh, we're so happy that he took a few minutes to join us. We're moving up in the world when we have Chet Kopik on the show. So uh, it's great to have him on there. And you can find him at Chet Kopik on Twitter. All right, let's start in the first inning. Of course, Chad, playoff baseball at Wrigley Field. It's a new season. It's win or go home now. And the Cubs know who their opponent is. It's going to be the Colorado Rockies, a team that uh, they had some nice success with during the regular season. And now they have the opportunity to win and advance to the NLDS. As you look at this game tonight, Chad, what just kind of uh, jumps out to you when you're looking at the first wildcard game at Wrigley Fields? All right, I'm going to pull back for just a second to say this. I said it Monday after the uh, game 163, the disappointment of, of that game. I said, hey, be angry, be frustrated, be disappointed, feel whatever you want to feel. But when I woke up today on Tuesday morning, it, 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 the realization that there is playoff baseball at Wrigley Field for the fourth consecutive year. I'm incredibly excited about this. This matchup is really interesting because you do, you have as an equally hot team in the Rockies up until um, their 163 disappointing blowout loss um, to the Dodgers. Um, and they split. It's really hard to look at the, at the schedule this year uh, and, and look at how they played each other. They, they, they both won three games. Um, on paper, they match up pretty interestingly. Um, I, you know, I feel like going into this game, the Cubs, as I had mentioned uh, on, on the podcast yesterday, you know, there's not a lot of history where the Cubs really, really uh, laid an egg uh, in multiple games in a row. So I'm expecting the Cubs uh, um, crew to come out um, hitting and, and, and really uh, uh, playing strong. But again, what most exciting to me, and this isn't one of those just happy to be here, you can't be in your fourth postseason with the World Series and, and two NL or three NLD, uh, NL National League Championship Series appearances and just be happy to hear. I don't think the fans should be happy to be here, but they should be pretty excited to know that this is a team that is built to last and built to be here in October and host games. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Uh, this is the time of the year that I think that the Cubs offense and, and their pitching staff needs to really step up. I mean, I think that they definitely have the advantage tonight. Uh, they got the home crowd. They got, you know, basically they didn't have to fly anywhere. The Rockies are flying from the West Coast on, on in L.A. and now going to, you know, the Midwest where it's, a, you know, a, a two-hour time difference. So, you know, there's certainly going to be challenges there for the Rockies as they kind of go back and forth. I don't even know if they had time to stop in, in Denver. I, I feel like they probably just jumped on a plane and came straight to Chicago. So, yeah. you know, I think that that gives the Cubs an advantage. At least they got to sleep in their own beds last night. They didn't have to, even though they have to play another game, it's still the travel. As you know, Chad, it, it takes a toll 
And uh, thankfully, the Cubs didn't have to go anywhere. They can host this game. So um, I think that's advantage Cubs. I think that helps them when they, you know, take the field tonight. And hopefully, you know, we see a more determined team um, that that certainly did not come out, unfortunately, like we thought they would on Monday against Milwaukee. And uh, hopefully we can see kind of a different tune as we uh, see them take on the Rockies tonight. Here's the great part about it. I mean, and from the fans' perspective, wherever you fall on the optimistic to pessimistic side, I think we, you and I, both know we're we're, we're on equal. We're on the we're on opposite sides. Um, this, if if yesterday was tense to you, if yesterday was exciting to you, if yesterday you, your your heart was up in your throat, we'll multiply that times about a hundred because there are implications to winning or losing this game. And the Cubs have been here before. The team was uh, was uh, uh, came in with uh, with ninety uh, some losses or 90, 97 wins rather um, in two thousand fifteen, and they were on the road against the Pirates, and they were able to win in a do or die situation. Will that team show up tonight? That's what's going to be determined as we uh, as we get closer to the first pitch. So let's move on to the the second inning. What we're going to do in this format of the show is we're really going to kind of look at position by position and break down and see where we stand. I'm going to give you really the final word because I know you've been looking hard into this John Lester through versus Kyle Freeland situation. But what I want to actually talk about, because it is about pitching, um, because we are going to break that down. The biggest surprise for me today, the absolute biggest surprise, they released the 25 man roster and we had got some, some words, uh, some implications or, or uh, uh, inclinations that, that Madden was thinking about going with John as far as John could go and potentially going right to Kyle Hendricks. We've heard that. Kyle's on the 25-man roster. Um, Cole Hamels is on the 25-man roster. Mike Montgomery is on the 25-man roster. Everybody else you'd expect offensively and from a pitching side is on that roster. <laughs> C.J. Edwards is not on that roster. That'll be a topic for another time because he's not here tonight. What do you think? Uh, what do you think between Kyle Freeland and John Lester? Well, I mean, who has the Lester edge on this one? I mean, obviously, Lester has been a veteran when it comes to postseason starts. In fact, he only had one bad postseason start. He's got a 255 ERA in his career, and that one bad postseason start was when he had that small stint with the Oakland A's, and he pitched in the wild card game against Kansas City, and uh, he pitched seven innings, I believe, gave up about six runs. The, the A's lost that game to KC, so... I love the fact that Lester is getting the ball tonight. He, he's a big game pitcher. He's pitching at home. We know what you expect from John Lester. He is the just, just so consistent. And he, I mean, won 18 games this year, had a, you know, an ERA in the low threes. Um, I, I love the fact that this is going to be the guy who's holding onto the ball. Take nothing away from Kyle Freeland, though. I mean, this is a guy who won 17 games, had an ERA under three, but he's a young pitcher. He's only 25 years old. He's never pitched in these sort of games before. Um, so I like to think that Lester has the advantage here. I think it's just going to take a moment for the Cubs to kind of get their offense together and really kind of say, we need to jump on the Rockies pitching early. That is what ultimately is going to allow us to win this game. We jump on their pitching early. We are able to take advantage of it. And then we're able to uh, let John do his thing to kind of coast uh, throughout the rest of the game what uh, what what do you think as far as that assessment goes from what you're seeing uh, for the rest of that game tonight 
I don't know if it's appropriate, um, but I'm going to use my first ever wire quote on the podcast, one of my favorite TV shows. If, if you go after the king, you best not miss. And so Kyle Freeland is going after the king as far as I'm concerned in terms of, you know, one of the most uh, uh, tenured and, and experienced uh, uh, big time playoff pitchers. Uh, John Lester, this will be his 22nd start. Um, and his third start in a winner-take-all game, um, also with three different teams, which is really interesting. This is going to be his first start uh, in a winner-take-all with the Cubs. And so I give the edge to the experience. And uh, and for me, we're going to talk about predictions. We're going to talk about the tail of the tape. But John Lester knows. He woke up today, and he realized that he's got to go long. He has got to last. He's got to get his pitches. He's got to get his location. He is the key for the Cubs tonight, and I give the edge to John Lester. So let's move on to the third inning. And this is an interesting one only because, you know, the matchup is not the, what the matchup would be because of injuries, but who do you give the edge? You've got Nolan Arenado, who's all world, one of the most incredible third basemen of, of this era. And Chris Bryant, who is in his young career um, has already got an MVP and, uh, and also has, has uh, won a world series. Who do you think has the head? Well, as edge much as I hate to corner? say this, it is Nolan Arenado. I mean, this guy has just been yeah, I agree. lights out for the last four seasons. I mean, every year it's like over 300, 30 plus home runs, over 100 plus RBIs. Um, Nolan Arenado is probably the best third baseman um, in baseball that I can think of, unless I'm missing somebody. I mean, he is tremendous. Uh, take nothing away from Chris Bryant, but Chris Bryant, um, and I get into this with Chet in the interview. Um, Chris Bryant, he yep. thinks, is going to need surgery at the end of the year, which which we have both speculated as well in our earlier podcasts, too. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Bryant's not playing 100%. We knew that. Um, he's trying to do this as best he can. And um, Nolan Arenado, I think, is by far and away um, the X factor in this game. I mean, he is just so hard to pitch to. You think Christian Yelich is a tough out. Uh, Nolan Arenado is right up there, and uh, this is a guy who the Cubs have to be very careful of because any moment, and there's a couple of other guys that we're going to get to as well on the Rockies, um, this guy is just absolutely lights out with the bat. And so uh, I'm going to go with Arenado on this one. I think we can both agree on that. In the field, Arenado absolutely has a superior arm strength. He has more range right now, and, and I'm, I'm going by uh, uh, current-day Chris Bryant with his issues and, and, the, and the, the problem with the shoulder. Um, just on paper, uh, Nolan Arenado uh, is going to be is going to be a top three MVP uh, a vote getter, um, and so that should tell you all you need to know about who gets the edge there. So let's move on to another uh, potential uh, MVP and one of the top threes, without a doubt. Javi Baez versus Trevor Story. I'm going to lead this one off, and I'm going to let you get the final word. If you look at the stats, Trevor Story, um, I hate to say it, uh, forget the the flash with the glove, forget the base running, uh, forget uh, just the, the 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 playability, just making some uh, spectacular plays. You know, Javi Baez has the edge there, but from an offensive standpoint, I'm going to throw these numbers out to you, and you tell me, are these Baez or are they Trevor Story? Um 37 home runs, 108 RBIs, and a 291 batting average. Tell me that is not. If, if that was how you'd be very happy and, if that was Javi Baez's number this year. Who yeah, has the I edge mean, for like you? Him, this is a, a great one. I mean, this might be a, a this might be a, a, an even race here for me. This this like you know just might be two guys that I think are basically even when it comes to their stats and what they do in the field. Uh, maybe I give the edge to Baez defensively. Um, but offensively, yep. man, I mean, they have identical numbers. Trevor Story also has 27 stolen bases. Don't forget about that. Um, the guy can steal yep. some bags. 
But, yeah, their numbers are identical offensively. I mean, they are just tremendously. So um, I think this one's a wash. I think both of these guys are, uh, are both um, exactly the same player offensively that they uh, need to be. And so I think that uh, it's, it's – I think this is definitely one of those that I think you can just cross both of them off because they kind of cancel each other out uh, because of the way they, they both perform offensively. But defensively – I think you got to give it to Javi, right? I mean, he is probably one of the best defensive shortstops or, or infielders for that matter in baseball. And um, what he's able to do with the leather is, is second to none. So that's my takeaway on that. Yeah, there's two factors that I'll throw out there. Where I would give Story the edge is on strikeouts. He has 20 or so strikeouts less than Javi, and we saw it yesterday, the big swing, trying for the big moments. So that's an edge for Story. But again, these numbers are inflated. He does play half his games in uh, in the thin air of, uh, of of Denver, so let's keep that in mind. But you're right, uh, offensively, all things are equal. These guys are absolutely um, uh, a wash, and it's going to be an exciting uh, um, opportunity to see them go toe to toe. But right now, I'm a little concerned because we're two positions in, and the Cubs don't have the edge just yet. How about this? Now I know I know we've been doing third base for third base, shortstop for shortstop, but now we're going to go for the next player kind of in the echelon and we're going to say Anthony Rizzo versus Charlie Blackman. So Rizzo, uh, uh, we know his numbers and we know he's probably the hottest player right now for the Cubs hitting everything really hard, had an incredible Sunday and had the one big time hit and looked great and almost had a chance to tie it Monday. Charlie Blackman, here's another guy. He's got uh, 29 home runs. Uh, He's batting nearly 300, 291. And he drives in, uh, even though he's batting later in the order, he's uh, driving in uh, 70 runs um, or seven RBIs. So, uh, who do you think has the edge um, with that kind of hodgepodge uh, center fielder versus first base Blackman so, versus Rizzo? Blackman is a tremendous player. In fact, I thought he should have won MVP last year. Uh, led the led the National League yeah. in hitting. Uh, was just absolutely tremendous for the Rockies. Really was their MVP uh, last year with everything he was able to do uh, on that team. But um, I'm going to go with Rizzo. Uh, Riz is actually playing much better uh, than anybody on the Cubs right now. He's their hottest hitter. Manny just comes through in the clutch. He loves playing at Wrigley Field. Um, you know, Rizzo's obviously the guy that drives in more runs. Certainly Blackman hits at the top of the order, so his RBIs are going to be less than Rizzo and what he has. But I'm going to go with Riz here. I think Riz makes a bigger impact um, overall for what this Cubs what this Cubs team needs and does. So for me, it's Anthony Rizzo. Uh, what, what about yourself? You know, it's the same thing like what you said yesterday about the better team in that game 163. Right now, uh, and Monday, the better team right now is the Milwaukee Brewers. And right now, between those two players, the better team and maybe one of the best players on the field today um, right now is Anthony Rizzo. He is showing himself, as always, to be uh, a leader in the clubhouse, a leader of energy. He got, uh, I didn't realize this, that was his first curtain call ever. Come on, Cubs fans. I need to do a better job, and I'm at the at the park, too, to call him out for a curtain call. But he came through when everybody else was struggling yesterday, and again, he almost had a chance to, if he had just gotten a little bit more of the ball and a little more of a launch angle, you know, it's a different game, but what if, whatever, who cares. Um, Anthony Rizzo right now has the edge for me. So let's move on to the sixth inning, and I don't know if you can hear that. Gary Pressy is, is warming up the, the, uh, the organ, and, and and we almost have check topic coming up, but one more inning. Let's do what what is actually uh, um, something you feel very strongly about, and I, and and this is a key. 
what is going to happen, especially now that I told you that four starting pitchers have made the 25-man roster just for tonight. C.J. Edwards has not. So what that tells me is Joe Madness probably has 900 different scenarios in his head right now. Who has the edge? Bud Black, who is potentially going for a, um, a coach of the year, uh, uh, manager of the year, rather, uh, in the National League, um, or uh, Joe Madden, who just continues to lead his team well, to the I playoffs. For, who has for the, the edge for you? Of this, you know, podcast, because uh, we are a Cubs podcast, and also because Madden does have the playoff experience. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Joe. Um, Black has been in, I believe, this is only his second. Uh, postseason both with the Rockies I don't believe he made any with San Diego you would maybe know that better than I would being uh, that that is where you live Um, and you know certainly while Bud Black is a great manager um, he's certainly somebody that people think very highly of and he has done a marvelous job in Colorado got to go with the experience here Joe certainly is somebody that you know the World Series title has been to multiple postseasons both with the Cubs and with Tampa Bay um, so, and, and they're at home and I think Joe relishes these moments. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Joe and taking nothing away from Bud Black, who is a tremendous manager, but, uh, for the uh, purposes of this, this ball game and, and this recording, uh, it's Joe Madden all the way for me. He definitely has the edge in the manager box. Yeah. And, and, and what I'll share is first off, um, I, I appreciate again, you, you asked me the tough questions. We've got the intern working today and Bud Black uh, spent nine years with the Padres and did not get one win. In fact, didn't get better than a, a second place finish. That was in 2010, man. Peyton is a tremendous intern. So uh, nice job, Peyton, get that information in my hands. I will go with, um, I'll go with Madden as well. And, and, and here's why it's, 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 you know, it's let's look at history more than anything. One of the Cubs fans best and most favorite games to play is pick on and and, and psychoanalyze and second guess Joe Madden. That's going to happen. It happened yesterday, even though it was unwarranted with the bullpen. It was a three to one game. It wasn't on the bullpen and Joe's decisions. It's going to happen today. But Joe Madden with the Cubs, this is his fourth time straight going into the playoffs. Um, he has won um, a wild card in the past. He's also taken the team to the National League Championship Series, and I think he did well in 2016. Bud Black has had one playoff uh, uh, journey, and that was last year in the wild card. And you gotta, you got to believe that the, uh, the Rockies are feeling a lot of pressure to know what it's like to make it to the wild card, and then nobody really remembers that. My edge is to Joe Madden. Because Joe Madden is is at home, he has all of his pieces, and he definitely is going to be playing chess tonight. Uh, and we're going to see what it's going to what the outcome will be um, as the Cubs take on the Rockies. It's been a long time since we have had somebody of this stature on this program. It is my honor and my pleasure to introduce on the seventh inning stretch of the friendly confines. It is the godfather of sports radio in the city of Chicago, Chet Kopic. Chet, I've been waiting a long time to say this to you. Your dime, your dance floor. Welcome to the friendly confines with Chad and Ryan. It is an honor to have you on with us. Well, you're really much too generous, but it's a pleasure for me to What's new? Everything is great. You can find Chet at Chet Topic on Twitter. He also has a book that's out, Otis Wilson, If These Walls Could Talk. Uh, Chet, where can you get the book? Where can uh, fans of the Bears and Chicago sports and yourself get this book? Well, actually, Ryan, uh, the book on Otis Wilson is available through uh, through Triumph Books, but I have a brand new book out, if you'll allow me to uh, Absolutely. Uh, 
do a little personal pub. I wrote a book uh, about a year and a half ago, I began, called uh, uh, Your Dime, My Dance Floor, a Czech topic and pursuit of Czech topic. And what I really wanted to do was I wanted to uh, clear the air about some misconceptions about, about my career. But I also decided to uh, write a book where I would admit, you know, my, my failures, my frailties, mistakes I've made along the way. And God knows I've made, you know, no more than 10 million of them. But it's, it's wound up being a book that uh, contains a great deal of passion, uh, a big dose of pathos. I mean, it's, it's the kind of book where you're, you're going to read and go, I, I didn't know he was like that. I think, you know, most people over the years have seen me as, you know, a, a loudmouth, a, a braggadocio. And I, I don't dispute that for one moment. But in this particular book, uh, admit that certain things I did that I, uh, you know, wanted to blame on other people were, in fact, uh, my mistakes, along with a lot of great stories about, you know, spending time with athletes locally and, uh, and nationally. It's a book that really, I believe, and I'm not trying to uh, overhype, although I have never been uh, reluctant to overhype. I think it's a book that any, any sports fan is going to love. And it's available through uh, Eckhart's Press. That's E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z. Press and Ryan, I'll be happy to mail a, a copy down to you. I would love that, Chad. Thank you so much for that. That is awesome. And uh, we are talking with the uh, the one and only Chet Kopic from at Chet Kopic on Twitter. Of course, a longtime sportscaster on NBC in Chicago on back in the day Sports Vision. Of course, now you can you know see him making multiple appearances on Fox in Chicago. Always a presence in the Chicago sports scene. But Chet. Let's talk a little bit about the Cubs right now and kind of what they're dealing with. They lost to the Brewers on Monday for the division title. Now they play in that one game wild card against the Colorado Rockies today. Um, how do you see this Cubs season kind of playing out in your eyes? I mean, it seemed like all was smooth sailing. And I hate to use the word collapse when you're seeing a team win 95 games. But how else do you explain kind of what we have seen from the Cubs over the past month and now heading into this wild card game? Well, they played reasonably good ball in September. They were, uh, I believe, four or five games over 500. There's, there, there is no doubt that the 30 games in 30 days took something out of this team. But, you know, it was kind of surrealistic, Ryan, being in the ballpark yesterday. Uh, Brewers fans uh, did a 180 instead of uh, Cubs fans filling up Miller Park. There was a sizable, I mean sizable, contingent of Brewers fans at the, the confines. And they made themselves known i mean they were they were chanting go brewers go brewers uh, uh throughout the ball game it it was something i th- this is really going to date me it's it's something i remember when i was very very young this goes back to the late 1950s when the brewers had or excuse me the old milwaukee braves had henry aaron eddie matthews warren spine lou Burdett, uh just a, a plethora of great ball players uh, whenever the braves would play at wrigley field a ton of Milwaukee fans would come down and they would almost take over the ballpark. Now I'm not suggesting yesterday, but uh, metaphorically, I thought yesterday was kind of a, kind of a symbol of where this ball club has been for the past month or so. Number one, no consistency on offense, bad at bats. They only get one run on the, uh, the blast by, uh, by Rizzo. Uh, The bullpen is still very, very suspect. Uh, it's a team that could easily lose to uh, Colorado tonight. Conversely, um, 
get a couple of good at-bats, get an early lead, uh, flip the ball from uh, Lester around the fifth or sixth inning over to, uh, over to Hendricks, and, and see what you can do. But the club does miss Pedro's stroke, and it just there, – there is some ingredient, there is some intangible, Ryan, that's missing with this club, and it's, it's not the first time I've seen it. You really can't define it, but uh, let's just say, for want of better phraseology, I don't think this club has great killer instinct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it on the head. And I think that uh, we're, we're talking with Chet Kopic. And of course, you can find Chet at Chet Kopic on Twitter. ChetKopic.com is also his website. You can find a lot of information there about his new book and everything else that has uh, been going on with his career and what he's up to now. And uh, to your point, Chet, I mean, the offense has looked a little lifeless. What do you kind of attribute that to there are some days i see this team they're scoring 10 runs a game and then like there was yesterday three hits one run how much of this do you put on madden i know that may sound sacrilege but how much of that do you think could be on madden for the way this team is hitting a little bit in the lineup the way that it looks well the only thing i'll suggest about joe madden is this i'm a big i'm a big madden guy i was a big madden guy when he was uh in tampa and years ago when he was uh working with the angels but I think, you know, Joe's, Joe's energy, Joe's themed road trips, I think, I think with this collection of ballplayers, Joe might be getting a little bit old. And here's the thing. Madden doesn't swing the bat. And, you know, Ryan, let's bring this to the table. Uh, Chris Bryant, obviously, is not Chris Bryant right now. He's playing hurt. I think he's going to have to have labrum surgery at the end of the year. Uh, that has hurt the ball club significantly. Um, you know, Addison Russell being gone doesn't help. Uh, it's, it's really more of an, a, an annoyance, a nuisance, uh, an elephant in the room, if you will. But as, as for the bullpen, the inconsistencies, I, I really can't explain them. Uh, as, as for the offense, I, I would imagine there, there has to be a scapegoat. There always is in any form of uh, major sports. I, I would think Chili Davis will probably get uh, probably get whacked at the end of the year, but uh, you know let, let's see what happens tonight. This if this club does lose tonight, th- there, there's going to be a major hangover in this town. You know this joyride has gone on for for so long, but if you know you win uh, you you win 95 games, and then bang in 48 hours uh, you're gone. It, it's going to have an effect, and I'm going to be curious to see knowing how. Uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer like to operate. They're they're not going to sit still. They 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 will do, they will do things that I think will be dramatic. Although I don't believe that has anything to do with uh, the job status of uh, Joe Madden. We're talking with Chet Kopic, the godfather of sports radio in Chicago. Uh, he is kind enough to join us here for a few minutes on the seventh inning stretch of the friendly confines. So Chet, um, handicap it for me. In your opinion, do the Cubs win? Uh, against Colorado, do you see them advancing to Milwaukee, or do you think that the season uh, is going to end tonight? What, what's your what's your uh, your thoughts on what you think goes down uh, this evening at Wrigley? Uh, I'm I'm going to bet the winner. I'm going to bet the the guy who over the past four years has been uh, prolific, almost dicta like here in Chicago. I think the I think the Cubs will win tonight. You got Lester on the mound, who's been uh, nothing short of superb seven or eight outings. So I, I do like the Cubs tonight, but I'm not going to be surprised a bit if Colorado wins. It's it's one game. It's a winner-take-all. And I, 
I, I do want to eliminate this one component. Colorado had to travel after yesterday's game in Chicago. Now, people are going to say they're tired. Ryan, that's a, that's a theory which really holds, uh, in my opinion, no water. And let me, let me date myself again on this. Way back in 1970-71, when I was 21 years old, I produced the Milwaukee Bucks radio network. The Bucks that year with uh, a young Lou Alcindor, Kareem, and Oscar Robertson won the NBA title. Now, at that time, NBA teams were all flying commercial, and they used to play three games in three nights. So, for example, we could have a, we could have a game in Milwaukee on a Tuesday, Portland on a Wednesday, and Phoenix on a Friday. So, I mean, all guys did was sleep, fly, and, uh, and play. But I, I never recall one game where I felt that travel affected these guys. These guys are prolific athletes. For example, Anthony Rizzo. This is really not known by a great deal of people, but Anthony Rizzo is a member of the East Bank Club here in Chicago, where I happen to be a member. And on most mornings, when the Cubs are at home, at 9.30, you will see him at the East Bank Club working out. And he's not trying to, uh, he's not trying to build strength. He's not trying to build, uh, you know, 24-inch biceps. He's, he's doing it to um, uh, care, to protect the uh, resiliency of his body. I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony is sitting at the, uh, at the East Bank Club right now. now. Now, part of me says, that's crazy. You know, you're playing 162 games. You're in the playoffs. Give your body a rest. But that's, that, that is the nature of Anthony Rizzo. If, if, if the Cubs do win tonight, I'll give you your hero right now. It's, it's just justified. It's just too poetic. It'll be Javi Baez. And Javi, of course, having such a spectacular year, unfortunately only outdone by the year that Christian Yelich has had. It's just unbelievable to see uh, what that guy has done on, on the field this year as well. Chet Kopic, the godfather of sports radio, of course. Uh, you can find him at Chet Kopic on Twitter. Kind enough to give us a few minutes here on the friendly confines here in the seventh inning. Our thanks to Chet Kopic for once again joining us here on the Friendly Confines. It was uh, such a pleasure to talk to him. So cool. So yeah. amazing that we got Chet, and uh, we've got such amazing guests. Make sure you, uh, um, uh, if you haven't already, join our, our Friendly Confines Cubs uh, uh, Facebook page and let us know who do you want to hear from. Give us a give us a tough get. We're going to go get them. We want to bring the best guests, and and we outdid ourselves today with the legend, Chet Topic. Great job lining that up, Rhino. I appreciate Jefferini as well for that uh, because he was uh, obviously instrumental in helping us get uh, – interview with chet as well yeah. so uh, yeah. appreciate that too and uh, just so you know you can find chet on twitter at cubs kind finds the cubs friendly confines twitter handle and then you can find me at ryan lieber 75 uh feel free to interact with us and as chad mentioned join the friendly confines facebook page for uh, any uh back and forth that we you can provide for us and we always love to hear from the listeners and the people who are Cub fans uh, in the area to talk Cubs baseball. So we finish up here in the eighth and ninth innings. First, we'll start in the eighth, Chad, with the keys to the game. The keys to the game are simple. 
the offense has to jump on the pitching early of Colorado. They got to score early. They got to get a comfortable lead and then let John Lester do what he needs to do. It's a very simple formula because uh, I think as long as the Cubs are able to score runs for John Lester, Lester is going to feel more comfortable. He's going to go six, maybe seven innings. And Joe's going to let the bullpen, uh, you know, whoever it's, if it's Jesse Chavez or whomever else that he feels comfortable coming out of the to uh, finish up the game. That's how I think this is what's ultimately going to lead the Cubs to victory. Um, that is what they have to do. What What is your uh, takeaway on uh, what your keys are? It, it, it's pretty cut and dried for me. If, if uh, the Rockies can get to John Lester early and if that forces Joe's hand to go to the bullpen, this bullpen is really the last couple of days has been really, uh, they've been taxed and it's not because of anything Joe's done. It's just been necessary. Um, they have had to, to, to use the bullpen for 20 outs on Sunday, and then they burned through, uh, I think, six relievers on Monday to get 12 outs. Uh, you know, I think Hendricks is, is uh, we may see Hendricks uh, in, in this matchup. We, we may see uh, Cole Hamels. We may see anybody that's possible. This matters. Now everything matters. If the team can just get to Thursday, it really doesn't matter who is used today. Um, for the Cubs to win, so that's if the Rockies uh, will have a better chance. Worry if the bullpen it comes in early. For the Cubs to win, they need a really strong outing from, from John Lester. They need the bats to wake up more than anything. And uh, they also need to do what they were trying to do on Monday, which was they need to make Freeland work hard and, and really get his pitch count because that'll move uh, um, move things over to the Rockies bullpen as well. And keep in mind, Kyle is working, Kyle Friedland rather, is working on three days rest, and that could be a factor. Plus, it's his first thing I didn't mention in the 25-man roster. And again, I want your quick take on this if, if, if you can. Um, as I said, C.J. Edwards, I'm shocked. C.J. is not on the 25-man roster. Guess who is? Pedro Strope. Chad, that just warms my castle <laughs> to hear that Pedro is going to be on the roster. Um, I know he was going to be out for a while, and I hope that he is able to kind of come back to the way that he was. And the fact that this doesn't even mean the Cubs have to carry him over or that they have to change their roster, and which is why they had to put him on there in the first place if they were to play Milwaukee at the NLDS. So to my knowledge, at least when you see something like that, it means he's available to pitch. And so if he can come into the game um, and be able to close out the game, man, is that going to be huge for the Cubs? Because, boy, do they need Pedro Strope more than ever, uh, considering what the bullpen has been through uh, the last few weeks. So that is uh, that is great to see. All right, let us move on to the ninth inning as we finish up uh, friendly confines here, the playoff edition, Cubs and Rockies, 8 p.m. Eastern time from Wrigley Field. Um, it is going to be an amazing atmosphere at Wrigley, as it always is for postseason baseball. And I guess, Chad, the, the only question left is, who do you think is going to end up moving on to the National League Division Series? Will it be the Cubs or will the Rockies be able to beat the Cubs and end their season in Wrigley tonight. What's your ultimate take on what you think will go down at the friendly confines? Well, I expect an explosion yesterday. It didn't happen. I don't actually think we're going to see an explosion today. I think this is going to be one of those hard-fought battles. I think you're going to see um, two teams that are scraping, scratching, and clawing and doing everything they can to extend. I think we're going to see a lot of arms being used. I think you're going to see every managerial trick in the book, but I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And I think the Cubs advance on to Thursday where, again, we can say 
five-man roster, and uh, and I love the idea of Stropy getting in there. I don't know if he's going to close the game, but I think the Cubs win tonight in advance to Milwaukee on Thursday. That's uh, that is what I think as well. I think that the Cubs probably a six-three or six-four game. I think that uh, Lester will pitch really well. Maybe the bullpen gives up a couple of runs, but. Uh, I like the Cubs to uh, to win this game and uh, move on to the division series and uh, meet the Brewers, where they have a second crack at trying to uh, redeem themselves against the uh, new NL Central champs in the Brewers and try to advance there to the NLCS. All right, well, we'll see how it all plays out one game at a time, as they say. And uh, for us, well, it's always one podcast time. Our thing is <laughs> topic once again for uh, joining us here on the program. And, of course, for uh, everything Chad does as uh, my partner in crime here on the program. Thanks for listening to the Friendly Confines, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next time. Go Cubs and have a good one. Playoff baseball at Wrigley Field. It doesn't get any better than this. Go Cubs. See you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley